all God's people said, amen. Thank you so much, choir. Thank you so much for being here tonight. And as Pastor Donald said, it is a sacrifice. And I appreciate you taking the time to be here. And folks, I thank you for taking the time to be here. I really do. What a wonderful, I've never been here before, but what a great, great church you have here. What a great pastor, amen? What a great pastor you have. I appreciate he and Miss Robin, and I appreciate you being here tonight. This is what I know. Today's a good day, right? See, I made up my mind many, many years ago that I was going to have a good day today. I made up my mind many years ago that I was going to have a, a good day today. And I've reached the conclusion that Psalms 118 verse 24 says, This is the day that the Lord had made. And we're to rejoice and be glad in it. So every day is a good day, right? It's a good day. I remember getting up one morning and saying to Barbara, my wife, good morning. She said, good morning, Benny. And then she said something. She said, uh, Benny, do you know what today is? And I began to think, what is today? Is today our anniversary? Is today her birthday? I'll tell you how to always remember your wife's birthday. That's just forget it one year. And I, I began to think about what is it? But I went on to work and I called a lady in our church. And I said, I want to send Barbara some flowers. She said, what's the occasion? I said, just send the flowers. It's a, it's a special day. And I was living at that time in Orchard Hill. And there was a little boutique we shopped in Griffin. The name of it was Walmart. And I ran by Walmart and I got her a nice blouse. And I took it home and I said, Barbara, tonight we're going out. We're going out to celebrate. I bought you a new blouse to wear. We're going to have a wonderful evening. We're going to go somewhere real nice. Pastor, we did. At that time, Applebee's had one of those two for 20s. And we went out and we got the appetizer, the dessert, you name it. The evening finally came to a conclusion, getting ready to retire for the night. I said, Barbara, it's been a great day. She said, you know, Benny, it has been a great day. I said, you know, Barbara, I didn't forget, did I? She said, no, Benny, you didn't. She said, you know, Benny, I believe it's been the greatest Groundhog's Day I've ever experienced. Well, here's what I know. Every day's a good day, amen? And I get to be here with you wonderful people tonight and be with my choir. And so it's been a wonderful, wonderful day. I want you to do something. Stand to your feet. Can we stand? Stand all over the house. I wonder just out of curiosity, how many would say, Pastor Benny, I've never in person heard you before. My gosh, where have you people been? Goodness gracious. Well, I say to you what Elizabeth Taylor said to her eighth husband. 
I'm not going to keep you long. Amen? All right. All right. Our scripture reading tonight is found in Acts chapter 12. In Acts chapter 12, verse 5, this is what the Bible says. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. I want you to see that. Peter was in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And then the verse that really spoke to my heart. It's in 1 Timothy 2 and 1. This is what the scripture says. Paul said to Timothy. He said, I exhort therefore that first of all, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Let us pray. God, as I bow my head and my heart in your presence, I pray tonight that you would speak to us and through us. I thank you for Pastor Donald. I thank you for his ministry here at this great Faith Baptist Church. I thank you for this body of people, how the choirs encourage my heart tonight. But I pray now that you would make our tongue a ready writer's pen. I pray that you would speak to us and through us. And God, for all you do, we're going to praise you. For I pray this prayer in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus, the Lamb of glory. Till you come, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you tonight for just a little while. A message entitled, Pray First. Pray First. I truly believe that God does nothing but by prayer and everything with it. God does nothing but by prayer and everything with it. And I want you to know, I'd rather be a great prayer as a great preacher. Because Jesus didn't teach his disciples how to preach. But he did teach them how to pray. And when I read that scripture in 1 Timothy, several months back, it jumped out at me when the scripture said, first of all, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. I heard about a pastor. He had a unique experience. His kitten crawled up in a tree in the backyard and that little kitten was just afraid to come down. That pastor, he offered warm milk, but that kitty wouldn't come down. The tree was not sturdy enough for the pastor to climb, so he decided to tie a rope to his car and drove away so the tree could be bent down. When it's bent down, he said, I'll just reach up and get the kitten. He did this all the while checking his progress, 
in the car frequently. He figured if he just went a little bit further, the tree would be bent sufficiently for him to reach the kitten. But as he moved a little forward, the rope broke. <laughs> the tree went boing. And the kitten sailed in the air, out of sight. That pastor, he felt terrible. He walked all over the neighborhood asking people, have you seen the kitten? Have you seen the kitten? Have you seen the kitten? Nobody had seen it. Finally, this is what he did. He did what we need to do. He did what we need to do first. He prayed. And he said, God, I just commit this kitten to your care. You just, you just take care of it, God. He prayed and went on about his business. A few days later, he was in an Ingalls. There's got to be an Ingalls around here somewhere. I'll guarantee you. There's an Ingalls here. Amen. There's a Dollar General somewhere close too. All right. A few days later, he was in Ingalls. And he saw one of his church members. Now, now look. He happened to look into her shopping cart and he noticed she had cat food. And he was a little bit shocked because his church was small and he knew his people. And he knew this lady hated cats. And he said, ma'am, why are you buying cat food when I know how you hate cats? She said, pastor, you won't believe this. <laughs> Pastor, you won't believe this, but my little girl has been begging for a cat. And you know I hate cats. And I told my little girl, no way you're going to get one. And finally I said, I'll tell you what, you can pray. <laughs> you can pray. And if God gives you a cat, I'll let you keep it. She said, Pastor, I wouldn't have believed this if I had not seen it with my very own eyes. She said, Pastor, she went out in the yard, got down on her knees and started praying for a cat. And she said, Pastor, I saw it with my own eyes. A kitten suddenly came flying out of the blue sky. Its paws was outstretched and it landed right in front of her. She said, Pastor, never underestimate the power of prayer. Here's what I want to say to you folks. I just stopped by tonight to tell you, it would be wonderful if prayer was always our first response and not our last resort. It would be wonderful if we always prayed first before I say something, before I do something, before I buy something, before I go somewhere, before I make a decision, before I do anything, I'm going to pray first. That's what 1 Timothy says. It says, first of all, supplication. What is supplication? It's intense personal need. 
It's intense personal needs. And by the way, folks, you're going to have those. Because you listen close to me. If you live long enough, everything and everybody you put your confidence in will fail you. Because God ultimately will allow that to happen because he wants to be the source of your life. God brings us to the point of desperation, that he might bring us to the point of dependence, that he might bring us to the point of deliverance. I'm talking about supplication. I'm talking about intense personal needs. He said, second of all, prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is the sincere desire of the heart. He said, third of all, intercession. Intercession. That's when you pray on the behalf of someone else. When you pray on the behalf of someone else. And then giving thanks. That's expressing gratitude. Now from our story, in Acts chapter 12, I want you to see three simple things concerning prayer. Three simple things. The first thing I want you to see is this. God is looking. God is looking. See, as I looked at Acts chapter 12, verse 5, I noticed something. The Bible says, while Peter was in prison, the church prayed for him. Now, let me give you some background. Herod had killed, he had beheaded John the Baptist. Jesus had been crucified. James had been killed with a sword. Now, now think about this. John the Baptist is beheaded. Jesus is crucified. James is killed with a sword. And now Peter is in prison. The circumstances weren't good. See, folks, sometimes you turn the TV on and you hear these preachers, name it, claim it. Believe it, receive it. Health and wealth. Blab it and grab it. But I've got a Greek word for that, hogwash. <laughs> the life that pleases God is often painful and difficult. Tozer said, I doubt that God can bless a man greatly until he hurts him deeply. But here's what I want you to know. All this was going on. But I want to remind you that God was looking. You said, Pastor, I'm going, through a, I'm going through a very difficult time tonight. I'm not an anthropologist, but I know this. Many people that I'm preaching to tonight are going through a difficult time. I want to say something to you. God is looking. God has not turned his back on you. God is looking. And God is interested. And God is caring. And God is compassionate. No matter what we're going through, God is looking. I heard about a Catholic school that had a picnic. And the nuns said we were having a picnic. And on one end of the table, we had apples. And we put a sign with the apples. Take only one apple. God is watching. 
And on the other end of the table, there were cookies. And one little boy put a sign in front of the cookies. And this is what the sign said. Take all the cookies you want. God is watching the apples. <laughs> but reality is, 2 Chronicles 16 and 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of whose heart is committed toward him. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 15 and 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. The Bible tells us in Matthew 10 and 29, that when a sparrow falls to the ground, God sees it. Here's all I want you to know tonight. Peter was in prison. He was going through a tough time. But he never got over the fact that God is looking. I'm 58 years old. God has taught me more during the difficult times of life than he ever has in the good times of life. I found him blooming where heartaches abundantly reign. Who would have dreamed so much joy and so much pain? It's good on the mountain, but they come and they go. But down in the valley, there's always a rose. Peter never got over this because he wrote in 1 Peter 3 and 12, for the eyes of the Lord, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. And his ears are open to their prayers. See, see, I want to remind you tonight, folks, that God is looking. But I want to tell you something else right quickly. God is not only looking. God is listening. God is listening. The Bible says that they prayed. Now, now here's what's interesting to me, folks. You hear so much talk today about the church has got to have influence. And the church has got to have status. But I want you to know, the early church didn't have enough status. And they didn't have enough influence to keep him out of prison. They, listen, they, they didn't have enough influence with Herod to keep him out of prison. They didn't have enough status to keep him out of prison. But all oh, ladies and gentlemen, they had enough power with God to pray him out of prison. They had enough power with God to literally pray him out of prison. Now, you're here tonight, you say, wait, Pastor Benny, I'm so glad you preached this message because I gotta be honest with you, Pastor Benny. I, I don't know how to pray. I, I really don't know how to pray. Well, can I say something to you? Uh, you're in real good company. You said, Pastor, what do, what, do, what, do, what do you mean I'm in real good company? Well, the greatest Christian who ever lived other than Jesus Christ would have been the great Apostle Paul. And the great Apostle Paul said these words in Romans 8 and 26. He said, we don't know how to pray as we ought. Folks, am I preaching the Bible? 
I mean the greatest Christian who ever lived said we don't really know how to pray as we ought. Think about this. The disciples, for three years, they had meals with Jesus. They traveled with Jesus. They was with him day and night. And in Luke 11 and 1, they said, we know we've been with you. But Lord, teach us how to pray. So you said, Pastor, I really don't know how to pray. Well, you're in good company. The disciples didn't know how to pray. Here's three things I want you to see. Number one, God hears simple prayers. Folks, aren't we grateful for that? The Bible says in Matthew 6 and 7, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. I'm grateful that God hears simple prayers. I just want to remind you tonight, He is your heavenly Father, and you can talk to Him like your daddy. Amen? Because He is your Father. God hears simple prayers. I remember years ago, I was at a Bible conference, and I was seated down on the front row, and I was talking to a guy. We were just having conversation. I was talking to him. And, and then they said, this brother is going to come and give the invocation. And when he stepped up to the pulpit, his voice changed. I've always been amazed why you would have one voice there and a different voice there. And when he stepped up to that platform, I heard him say this. Oh, thou great potentate. Setting yonder in the heavens. Upon whose throne angels cast their golden crowns. And cry, holy, holy, holy. We beseech thee. With petitions of acquisitions. And I thought, get real. <laughs> Nobody talks to their daddy like that. <laughs> see, see, I've got a child. I've got a child. She's, she's in college. I used to travel to groups just like this. And I'd preach a message. Ten surefire steps for raising a healthy, productive, godly child. Then I had a child. <laughs> and I changed it to three things you might want to try. They may or may not work. Amen. <laughs> no, if, 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 you, if you, listen, if, if your children are not grown, you don't need to be giving any advice out about parenting. Amen. <laughs> you wait till you get those teenage years. Amen. But when you have teenagers, you understand why animals eat their young. I mean, I'm just telling you. When Savannah was real little, I'd come in and she'd say, I, I can, can just imagine. I walked in one day and she's about this high and she said, Oh, thou great pastor. Coming in from sermon preparation. We beseech thee. Can we 
go get pizza. No, she never said that. She just said, Daddy, can we go get a pizza? See, God hears simple prayers. He's our daddy. I'll tell you something else I've learned about God. God hears short prayers. I, I won't camp here long, but thank God he hear, hears short prayers. You, you, remember when, you remember when Peter was walking on the water? Y'all know that story. Listen, I, I've never given Peter a tough time because I've always admired the fact he got out of the boat. Amen? He got out of the boat. The rest of the guys stayed in the boat. I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. He got out of the boat. Amen? Got his eyes off the Lord and he started to drown. And remember what he said in Matthew chapter 14, verses 30 and 31. Lord, save me. Thank God that thief on the cross said, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. I'm grateful that God hears simple prayers. I'm grateful that God hears short prayers. But I'm grateful that God hears sustained prayers. You say, what do you mean sustained prayers? Well, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. What does that mean? It means praying repeatedly and often. D.L. Moody said, I never prayed long prayers, but I never went long without prayer. Daniel said in Daniel 6 and 10, three times a day, I opened my window toward Jerusalem and I prayed. I love what Oswald Chambers said. He said, no one has time to pray. We have to take time from other things that are valued in order to understand how necessary prayer is. See, when you pray, folks, it may seem like God's not answering but I want you to know he is answering. I want you to know it may seem like God's not answering. But I want you to know God is answering. He answers in one of four ways. Sometimes he answers directly. It's direct. While you're praying, Isaiah 65 verse 24 says literally. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I'll answer thee. Sometimes folks you pray, he answers immediately. Let me tell you, sometimes his answer is delayed. The only difference between salad and trash is timing. Some of you are slow, but you're worth waiting for. But anyway, sometimes his answer is delayed. Look here. Sometimes his answer is different. You, you remember Mary and Martha, they went to Jesus and they said, Jesus, if you had been here, our brother's still be alive. He waited four days till he got there. Because you got to understand something. They said, if you'd been here, you could have healed him. They were wanted a, wanting a healing, and Jesus wanted to do a resurrection. See, many times, folks, God don't answer the way we want him to answer because he's got something better in mind. See, see, sometimes it's direct, sometimes it's delayed, sometimes it's different. But look, sometimes it's denied. Sometimes the answer is no. I love what Ruth Graham said. Ruth Graham said, I am so grateful that God said no to some of my prayers. Or I would have married the wrong man three times. <laughs> you get this, folks. God is looking. God is listening. And God is leading. God is looking. God is listening. 
and God is leading. The church prayed. Look, get this, folks, and I'm almost done. That may be an exaggeration. but In Acts chapter 12, the church prayed. But look what verse 7 says. And behold, when they prayed, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and the light shined in the prison, and smote Peter on the side, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. <laughs> chains can fall off when we pray. Verse 8 said, And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. Now wait. A light shined. And the chains fell off of him. But he said, by the way, Peter, put your sandals on. Put your sandals on. You know what that tells me? When it comes to prayer, God has a part and I have a part. Without God, I cannot. But without us, he will not. Verse 9 says, And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Again, verse 10. When they were past the first and second ward, there came unto him unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to him of its own accord, and they went out. Look here, folks. They came to an iron gate and it opened. They came to an iron gate and it opened. You know what I know about all of us tonight? We've all got some iron gates in our lives. We've got some things that seem insurmountable. That there's no hope. But I want to report to you. There is hope. Because through prayer. God can open the iron gates. It is no secret what God can do. It is no secret what God can do. It is no secret. What God can do. What he's done for others. He'll do for you. I brought a book with me tonight called Defy the Odds. I tell a story in that book of how my mother spent one night with a man and I was conceived. And my mother said I had two children. But she said, when I told your daddy, Benny, I was pregnant, that I was not married to. He left. She said, I was working in a shirt factory. I had two children. She said, I was living across the road from a Pentecostal lady. And she said, I went over to that Pentecostal lady and I said to her, Miss Jenny, I've got a baby. And I need you to help me with him. And Miss Jenny Travis said to my mother, what's the baby's name? 
She said his name is Vincent. And Jenny Travis said, I can't pronounce that. Can I just call him Benny? She said, you can call him whatever you want to call him. If you'll help me with him. I don't remember this, but Mammy said that Benny, I would take a bottle of oil and I would anoint you with oil. And I'd put my hands on you and I'd pray over you and I'd say, God, take care of this little baby. God, take care of this little baby. I know the circumstances, God, and I believe you want to use this little baby. And she said, Benny, I'd get you up in the morning. And she said, we'd look at the walls. I had pictures of Jesus all over the walls. And she said, I'd say, Benny, there's Jesus. Benny, there's Jesus. Benny, there's Jesus. Benny, there's Jesus. And she said, Benny, the first word you ever said was Jesus. Well, there was no daddy around, so it couldn't be daddy. And the day came that my mother came to pick me back up. She came with a man who took her to a clinic to abort me when I was in her belly. My mother and that man came back. And he was my stepfather. And each day, he would tell me that I was ignorant. And each day, he would tell me I would never amount to anything. He'd beat my mother and say to my mother, when I get through beating you, no man will ever want you. We lived in that many years. We probably left 15 times. We'd leave in the middle of the night. He'd chase us down. But we always went back. I said, Mama, why did we always go back? She said, I had no education. Sixth grade education, what was I to do? So we went back and he beat us more. Over and over and over. Finally, my mother left for good. I was in the eighth grade. But it didn't get a lot better. We started living in nightclubs and started living in taverns. Homeless for a little while. And one day, I came in and my mother was in bed. And I said, Mama, what's wrong? She said, Benny, just go on, boy. My mother had had a relationship that had gone south. She put a pistol in her pocketbook and decided she was going to end her life. She drove 30 miles to her first cousin's house because she didn't want me to find her. She knocked on the door of the first cousin's house and said, can I spend the night with you? That first cousin, Shirley Teeters, said, Melba, you can spend the night. But the person that you used to party with and go to the clubs with, and we did all those things together. I'm not that person anymore. See, I went down to Temple Baptist Church and I gave my life to Jesus. And more than anything, Melba, you need Jesus. Come on in. And to make a long story short, 
That night, my mother gave her heart and life to Jesus Christ. The place my mother went to end her life, she found life. Somebody said, you may not believe what Brother Benny believes, but I'll tell you this. After hearing him preach, you'll believe he believes what he believes. The next morning, my mother pulled up in a red Thunderbird and she got out. My mother's redheaded. And I want you to know something. My mother looked different. And she walked up to me and she said, Benny, I haven't raised you right. We shouldn't have lived like hell. We shouldn't have lived in the places that we've lived. Your little eyes shouldn't have seen the things your little eyes have seen. But I'm sorry. And you've got a new mama. And my mama started each night. I would come in being out doing things I shouldn't be doing. And I'd hear, God, don't let Benny go to hell. God, don't let Benny go to hell. Benny's out doing stuff tonight that he shouldn't be doing. But I can't stand the thought of my boy going to hell. And one night about midnight, I said to my mother, Mama, I can't take it anymore. I want to give my life to the Lord. And she called her pastor, Clayton Jones. And he came down at midnight and he said to me, he said, Benny, you got to pray. If you know anything about my invitation, I'm very elementary. Because I said to Clayton Jones, Clayton, I don't know how to pray. He said, put your hands in my hands. Benny, just mean what I'm going to tell you to say. And I put my hands in his hands and I prayed the sinner's prayer and it radically changed my life. It radically changed my life. It radically changed my life. Listen, folks, I thank God for salvation. I'm grateful God thought it. Jesus brought it. The blood bought it. The Bible taught it. The Holy Spirit brought it. The devil fought it and I caught it. I'm glad I got saved. A little later, I said, Mama. She said, what, boy? I said, Mama, I think I'm supposed to preach. She said, we've had a lot in the family in prison. We've had a lot of them in bad situations. But, boy, we've never had one preach. But she said, I've been hearing you. I said, tell me about it, Mama. She said, you've been preaching in your sleep. I said, Mama, I got to do it. And I started out, Pastor. And I'd tell the people to stand. I started out preaching on street corners, rescue missions. Just anywhere anybody would invite me. Jeff Dawes is with me tonight. I said, Jeff, I've never asked I don't mean this boastful, folks. I don't mean this boastful. But I'm invited somewhere to preach every night. And I never asked the size of the church. I never asked, am I going to be, get paid? I've never done it. Jeff Dawes said, I know it's true. I told that to him tonight. He said, because one time when I went with you, I drove you to preach and we ended up in a nursing home. I've never asked for a raise. I've never asked for anything. I just believe if God guides, he provides. Amen. I don't know why I'm saying that. 
But I started out and I'd preach messages from the book of Spasm. One night I was preaching and a lady said, Brother Benny, what is, what is the epistles? I said, that's the apostles' wives. I reached 30 years of age a couple years ago. I reached 30 years of age and my sister said, somebody wants to meet you. I said, who would want to meet me? She said, Benny, your daddy wants to meet you. I'd never had a daddy. I just had a man call me the B word over and over. I was on James Robinson the other day. And I said, he told me over and over I was illegitimate. He said, he didn't tell you that, Benny. He called you the B word over and over, didn't he? I said, over and over. Your daddy wants to meet you. And I met my dad. He began to tell me he was a professional gambler. He began to tell me I served time in this prison and I served time in that prison and I served time in this prison. And we were wrapping up and I said, well, let me ask you something, Don. Are you a Christian? He said, about two years ago, I staggered into a church and I gave my life to the Lord. And he said, many times, You've preached in large settings and I've been in the crowd. And he said, after the service, you would be sitting at a table signing books and I'd get stuff off your table. I said, I hope you paid for it. <laughs> and then he said, let me tell you a couple things. I said, okay. He said, number one, I'm dying. I said, I'm sorry. He said, the second thing I want to ask you, he said, we've never spent any time here on this earth together. He said, do you think when we get to heaven, maybe God will let us be beside one another? And then he said, number three, I've often thought about the thousands that you've reached for Christ. And he said, I've often thought, your mother and I just spent one night together. We were both lost. And I've thought about the people you've reached. And I've realized what we meant for evil, God meant for good. Can you stand to your feet tonight? This is what I know. I trace it all back to a Pentecostal lady by the name of Jenny Travis who placed her hands on me and prayed over me. Pray first. God does nothing but my prayer and everything with it. One prayer can change your life. Just for a moment, every head's bowed, every eye's closed. With every head bowed, pastor, I'm here tonight. And I don't know that my heart's right with Christ. I don't know that if I died, I'd go to heaven. Pastor, I'm concerned. And I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for me. If you'd like for me to pray for you tonight, 
right there standing where you're at. I don't know that I'm right with God, but I want prayer. Just slip up your hand right now and say, pray for me. God bless you. 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 I'm waiting on your hand. God bless you. I'm waiting on your hand tonight. I'm waiting on your hand tonight. I want you to pray for me, Pastor. I'm waiting on your hand. If you raise your hand, repeat this prayer with me. Pray this prayer with me. Repeat it with me. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. And I confess them to you right now. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And forgive me. Now thank you God for forgiving me. Thank you God for coming into my life. Thank you God for saving me. If you prayed that prayer with me. I want you to hold your hand up real high where I can see it. God bless you. 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 Listen to me closely, folks. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. The altar's not a place of disgrace. It's a place of added grace. It's a place of added grace. I sense tonight that God spoke to people's hearts. I sense tonight. You'd say, Pastor, I've got an iron gate. I've got an iron gate. I've got something that only God can meet. Only God can open this gate. Only God. You come tonight as we sing. Decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turn.
see Jesus, my cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross. service pray to receive Christ as personal Savior yes brother Don Mount pastor I want you to come would you be so kind to come pastor pastor Donald and where's your wife Robin Don pastor yes she comes she come stand right here Congregation, you may be seated. Pastor Donald, it's been an honor to be in your church. It's been, been a real honor. I have something to present to the pastor tonight. This flag was flown over the Capitol in Washington, D.C., in honor of Pastor Donald Yancey and the Faith Baptist Church. Congratulations, Pastor. Thank you so much. They're going to take a picture. They won't get Stay with me just a minute, Pastor. Pastor, have you have you and your wife been to Israel several times? You've never been? Well, you can be seated, congregation. When I go to Israel, Pastor, you, you've studied the Bible. I take my groups to the Ayla Valley. Make sure, Don, we get that on the schedule this time. Ayla Valley is where David defeated Goliath. I, I can tell you're a Bible man just by hearing you talk. And I'll go down to the Ayla Valley. 
and I'll pick up stones and I'll have somebody like Don with me and I'll say, Don, I paid your way to come. He said, yes, but you worked me to death while I was here. I paid your way to come. Now I want you to leave your clothes over here. And he knows what I'm talking about. Because we're going to fill your luggage with stones from the Ala Valley. And I'll pick those stones up. I picked that stone up. And my wife, Barbara, said, you're going over there to preach tonight. I said, yes. So she made this necklace, Robin, for you from the Ala Valley in Israel. Congratulations. Look. The Bible says in Proverbs 31 that the leader is known at the gates. And he's known at the gates because he has a virtuous woman. He won't be known at the gates outside of that. Amen. And so you, hey, you have a wonderful team here. You have a wonderful team here. Now look. Thank you, Gordon. Don. No, it's not. No, it's not. I got it. Why'd you have to knock it over, Gordon? <laughs> Folks, I'm going to go back in the foyer. I'm going to sign books, defy the odds. Look here. I met with the publisher and he said, the books are going to be, it's going to be a glossy cover and all this. I said, no, 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 it's not. I said, I won't do the book. I want the book affordable for everybody. The books are $10. And this is what I really wish. I mean this. I don't get anything from it, so get that out of your head. If you're writing a check, you're writing it to Rock Springs Church. You say, I'm going to buy one. I wish you wouldn't buy one. I wish you'd buy two. One for you and one to give to somebody. It's my story in the book. But more than my story, it's the story of Rock Springs Church. We're in the middle of nowhere. Our zip code is E-I-E-I-O. Mike Weldon is sitting right back there. And I said, Mike, I need you to be on a committee. I said, Mike, I don't really want to do this, but we got to build a new building. And Mike said, I'll do it. We have thousands and thousands of people. And literally, we're so far in the country, the June bugs don't show up till August. <laughs> but I tell that story. It's a, but it's how you can defy the odds. So I'm going to be back there at the table, Pastor. I'm going to sign them. And uh, it's really been an honor, Pastor, to be in your church. You're a wonderful man. You've got a wonderful wife. It's been my privilege. God bless. Privilege is ours, brother. Well, if you raised your hand, you'd never heard him before. You have now. And you won't ever forget it. What an incredible anointed of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, man of God. I've never heard that testimony. Never know what somebody's going through, do you? 
I want to usher a few guys to come forward. I, I want to give you a chance to love on him. You heard what he said, and I, I can vouch, at least for here, he never asked me what size church he was coming to. Matter of fact, he asked, did, did we have any way to put words up? Did we have a screen? And I'm like, yeah, we got a couple things. Um, but I know he had no clue what he was coming to, but he never questioned coming. But I do want us to, come here, brother. I do want us to love on him, love on the choir. Appreciate you guys. Y'all the choir, right? Y'all know something we have in common right now? Y'all got one of these, don't you? Yeah, that says pray first. Came from Rock Springs. Miss Pat Martin gave it to me a couple weeks ago. You guys go ahead and take up an offering. Y'all love them. Do the best you can. Do will. Uh, I, I know that he travels and he trusts God to meet all of his needs. I can tell you this. You won't ever outgive God. God takes care of the one that takes care of his anointed, and that man truly is. Amen.